Hi there, and welcome to the Creative Operations Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Groom, and in this podcast, we'll be talking with creative operations leaders in all kinds of industries, from franchising to finance, from healthcare to hospitality and beyond. We'll be looking to uncover best practices and to see trends that are coming to help you keep your creative operations on brand and on budget at the same time. Enjoy. Hey, welcome everybody to this episode of the Creative Operations Podcast 2.0. I'm your host, Kevin Groom, and I'm very pleased today to have Melanie Drahim with us. She's the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Network Health Wisconsin. Melanie, welcome. It's really nice to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, you know, I wanted us to start with just a little bit about your journey. I loved your blog post uh, on introverts in marketing and, and how that, you know, an introverted perspective kind of brings something unique to the world of marketing. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this game in the first place uh, and what you, you know, uh, where, where you're headed, what your mission really is all about. Sure, sure. So I'd say a lot of it was was building relationships and experiences over time. I'd started as a marketing coordinator and a writer in my career, handling you know, project management of, of different creative projects for an in-house team and working with other coordinators, graphic designers, web designers, and, and clients. And about after five years at that company, a, a leader I had at the time left the organization to help another company build their in-house marketing team. And she let me know of a a marketing manager opening there. So long story short, through that relationship, I moved into the manager role and I've been with the same company ever since going on uh, 12, 12 years now about. So held a variety of roles there with marketing being the constant, but also spent some time leading um, sales product and, and strategy. But uh, today I really kind of throughout the years oversight of, of brand and creative been fortunate to lead the growth of our team, which started with just three people and over the years has grown to 15. So we serve as the in-house agency. It's been really rewarding to see that team grow and develop over time. I'll bet it has been. That is phenomenal growth. I mean, to really move from just, a, you know, everybody wearing multiple hats to really beginning to segment into disciplines and, and to uh, the the benefit of watching people develop, too, in that I'm sure is not insubstantial. So that's fantastic. Tell me a little bit more about as you guys grew, how did that team kind of what, what did you sort of grow out and begin to uh, mature first? Would you say what was the functional area that you focused on first? as you began to grow? Yeah, so a little bit into the, you know, segmenting, you know, writing it from design, from fulfillment, and, and then leadership. So really, I think, you know, understanding the team's strengths and, and doubling down on those strengths, leading into those, but then also figuring out where maybe we had gaps in certain skill sets and, and learning what team members are interested in to build those within the team. Certainly, we worked with outside agencies too, um, which which always helps. But really, I focused on kind of finding those areas within the team that that it could be a win win. Help them grow a new skill set, learn something new, but also something that our business needed to focus on. So that's sure. 
And a little background for the audience, too. We should just mention that Network Health Wisconsin is really sort of, well, tell us a little bit about it. So it comes from your perspective and who your your sort of marketer community is out there in the local region. Sure. Yeah. So we are a local um, community-based health plan just serving Wisconsin, and we are owned by a provider system. So we're, we're really in the community that we're serving, and we serve... Um, any anyone from you know a Medicare beneficiary who needs Medicare in, insurance coverage to an individual and family, maybe they they don't get insurance through their employer, and also working with employer groups to provide that insurance for their employees. So a few different segments of audiences, and and I'd say too over time we we've, we've segmented our team in that way where people can specialize in a certain audience and in that creative, and then cross train each other to kind of learn learn each segment. I got you. Yeah, it is a broad range of areas, all the way from Medicare into the sort of the corporate environment. And I'm sure very different communication strategies. And, and is there a, a sort of a local component to this? Are you guys sort of marketing through agents and or, you know, sort of operatives at the local level? Sure. Yeah, there definitely is. We have an in-house team, um, an in-house sales team, but we also work with independent agents throughout our service area. So, those agents, you know, have their own agencies and they sell our products and other products, but it, it, we really work to build close relationships for them so we can help them grow our grow their business at the same time that we can grow our, our membership. Yeah, so I, that's a part I wanted to really focus on, too, because that notion of selling through the channel is both really rewarding, but it's also really time consuming and often a lot more, I would think, chaotic you know, than kind of a top-down, you know, well-disciplined marketing strategy. So how do you balance that notion of really building a culture, developing careers and helping people find what they want to do, while at the same time servicing all these requests that are coming in, you know, from the field, you know, uh, ad hoc? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a balance, I'd say. Um, uh -huh. I think for network health, um, something that's kind of our, our driving, you know, force through everything is having a strong purpose driven mission that members come first and we're here to serve our members. And we, we work mm -hmm. with companies that, that have those same values and feel, you know, um, attached to that mission. So that always helps it in more than just words on the wall, but, um, integrity, for example, I think is a value for many companies, but we, we put that more into language of, of what does that look like? And, and that's also been our, our brand promise to our customers and the agents that we work with and that we do the right thing, even when it's not easy, because sometimes it's not. Um, but, but that's, it's the right thing to do. So I think it's really important kind of as a, as a marketer to connect the company's culture to its brand and those relationships that you're building with with outside partners like like our agents and um, learning and growing together kind of along the way. Yeah, no, I got you. So so, you know, as you as you think about that um, and you're really segmenting your team into its various disciplines now, how do you sort of insulate the creative strategy, sort of the deep work that you need to do around brand building from the operational? How do you create a safe space uh, for that to occur? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, there's a lot, there's, it's, it's so important when you have a high performing team that that's always willing to jump in and help, um, mm -hmm. Maybe our, our natural people pleasers, as, as a lot of us tend to be, you know, we want the client to be happy or the agents we're serving to be happy. 
But I think something that's really helped us is having having a streamlined and defined process for how requests come in, um, having that that overall strategy and those goals we're working toward, um, annual planning and, and knowing that things will come up because they always do, but um, being able to track and vet those requests. So for example, we don't have things going directly to a graphic designer. It's kind of reviewed first. Let's, let's figure out, you know, is this really needed? Do we already have something that we could repurpose um, and not create the wheel, but then um, tracking that and, and we, we flag certain requests, you know, as unplanned or we lovingly call kind of the, uh, the, the one-off request that was needed yesterday a screamer. So we, we, <laughs> we kind of, you know, vet those in the same way and figure out, okay, does this need to be done now? And if it does, then we, you know, we huddle as a team and we get it done. But, but then also we make sure to kind of debrief and go back and, and plan for the following year. Like, will that come up again? Or is there a template we can create to, to make this process more turnkey? So, so those are a couple of things. You, you cover a broad area. You know, I loved it. I always love running into folks who started on the copy side, you sure. know, and then you began to build around that. I, it was actually something that happened to me early on in, in, in my journey. Um, but, you know, as you've, as you've had to develop that uh, range of experience across graphic design, content, strategy, all of that, mm-hmm. technology is, I'm sure, playing a bigger and bigger role. Yeah. You, so how is it that you guys go about bringing in technology to support the team without chasing after the, you know, the latest shiny object or whatever it might be? Uh, sure. Because there's always new things coming, right? Every two weeks, it seems. Yeah, there always is. And I think that's one thing that's constant is, is change. There's always something new, right? Which, which I love about it, but it can be overwhelming too. So, um, I think for us, it, it really goes back to being strategic and always starting with strategy first and then researching tools and technology to meet those goals versus, you know, hearing about a tool, oh, this is really cool. And then trying to figure out how to use it. So, um, our, our information technology team really does a great job of this by, collaborating with business owners like marketing on, on their goals and their business needs to create a roadmap versus there's the other way around. So um, one thing too, I, I did specific for our team was um, coming up with an assignment of everyone working on an innovation project for the year implement, you know, one new thing we've never done before that would help us achieve one of our goals or, or improve a process because that too can be innovation. So even with just that little bit of structure, we ended up with, you know, however many completed projects, some creating time savings by automating a process or, or others introducing new tools, you know, to bring like digital marketing data into one dashboard, that type of thing. But the team enjoyed it so much. We did it again the following year. So that that's kind of become more of our, of our work now and, and routine, I'd say. Well, that's, that's really neat. So everybody has the chance to pick out kind of a blue sky area where they can help innovate the organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would think for junior members on the team, too, that's a an opportunity to shine and contribute beyond what a job description might be um, yep. in, you know, in a really inspiring way. That's a, that's a great tip. I'm sure a lot of folks would, would love to pick up on that. I also wanted to go back to this notion. Why do you call them screamers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those the screamers. Screamer projects are those projects that are are hot and yeah. they were needed yesterday, right? So, 
so so it's the uh, it needs to be done it's it's a rush it's a you know it's a emergency kind of project and and those yeah. happen hopefully not often but they do and and it we try to plan like the best we can for those and and get together as a team sometimes it's just communication communication is key when when those types of things happen but um you know it's an unplanned project or sometimes unplanned projects don't need to be done right away they just weren't something you planned for but the screamer is the the kind of the rush one and, yeah. and sometimes i think tracking and analyzing those is is important so that's kind yeah, of yeah yeah you know we've we've seen over the, over time sometimes they come from the field you know that's where we focus yeah. a lot on trying to insulate folks from the the chaos that can that can come from lots of people out in the field but Definitely. sometimes those screamers come from on high and you know sort of filter down from a different direction yeah. and actually it's those i often find that can consume the most amount of brain power um, and that often have the least defined sort of um, uh, approach to timing, scheduling and prioritization, mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, and being able to insulate the team both from on top and from the field at the same time really puts you in this place where you're you're kind of in a in a, a vice between those two things very often, I would think. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. It's a delicate balance of being agile and disciplined at the same time because yeah. you want to be able to pivot but you also want to prevent every project from being that way, right? So Yes, yes. And on top of all that, to be able to negotiate both the diplomacy of that and the practicality of that and to put on people's plates tasks that are unplanned and that are yet very, very important and do so in a way that doesn't feel like they're surrendering to chaos is to me, especially for an introvert, that is calling on a lot of different skills at the same time. Um, and the fact that you've grown from three to 15 is really remarkable. Um, you know, has the has the business, do you think, grown at the same kind of pace as your marketing team or has the marketing team grown faster than the business because you're taking on more responsibilities for the business that used to be out of house? Sure. I would say a little of both. I, Network Health, we've, de we've definitely grown and we're now the largest Medicare Advantage plan in um, provider owned Medicare Advantage plan in Wisconsin. So you know, we compete with really large, really national companies, but yeah. we, we've been able to, to grow and, and find our, our niche. And I think we've done that within the team too. You know, we've, we've found ways where maybe a, a certain aspect of work we, we had an agency doing is something we want to grow the skill set of, of within our team. So yeah. you know, building that and, and helping people learn those competencies. And last year we kind of did a, a, a thing where, Everybody picked a topic and, and taught the rest of the team about it. So you could really dig into something, but then others would kind of benefit too from, from what you learn. So that was one thing we did as, as we kind of, um, we, we did a transition away from an agency a little bit and some of the things they're doing, bringing that in house, but also we needed to build, build up some of those skills. So that's one of the ways we, we approached it. Well, you know, you mentioned having to compete against major brands and what we've seen, you know, from the ANA, the Association of National Advertiser, is that the big brands, almost 80% of them have followed very much the same um, path that you guys have been forging, which is bringing in-house and really turning the in-house team into brand experts across a bunch of different fronts. So I have two questions just to remain, and I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time, but but my, my first question has to do with the 
digital um, migration or, or evolution. You know, we've heard from all sorts of different communities that print is shrinking as a part of the total marketing mix and digital really, really expanding. Probably, you know, moving from 70-30 10 years ago to 70-30 the other direction today. So, so, you know, in that very time, you've had to grow a team, you know, from the uh, 400% increase as you, as you described it and seeing skill sets arise that you probably had no real, you know, practical experience with prior. How did all of that, you know, affect the way you developed the team, that, that digital evolution? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting to think about 10 years ago, how, how different it's been and, and how quickly it's evolving. And, and today it seems like even more at a rapid pace than it has been. So I think a lot of it has been learning and, and testing, right? So there's, there's so many new things coming out and, and changes to how algorithms work and, and different digital marketing channels and tools and, a lot of times we, you know, we will talk with other plans that aren't competitors and see what's working for them um, mm. or what's not. But but testing it ourselves has really been, I think, the most fruitful thing, because while maybe it works for someone, you know, across the country a certain way. But in our market, people behave a little bit differently. So, again, I think testing on a small scale. So then we could figure out, OK, but does this work or do we need to pivot and tweak it a bit? That's one of the, the ways we've done that. And, and I think too, just bringing in people who can really specialize on that. And, and for myself, it's, it's that no more than I do about it so that, so that they, they can teach us and, and help us grow, um, grow our own knowledge and, and skill set along the way. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, from SEO to analytics, um, you know, uh, to the uh, evolution of uh, and soon the sunsetting of cookies and the way we're analyzing yes. web traffic, all of that stuff, it seems to me, is a discipline that has to start to occupy a silo inside any in-house team because it's just beginning to dominate in terms of uh, volume and it's evolving at a pace that just puts everything else in the dust, yes. you know. Yes. Uh, so, so it, it's fascinating to hear that you guys have been able to keep pace. Um, I have two questions. I lied. I said I was only going to ask you one, more, but I want to ask, oh, excuse my dog. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. Of all the different technologies that are out there, AI, workflow, digital asset management, um, you name it, um, ad analytics, um, purchasing platforms. What for you is like the area that you're thinking about next going forward? Mm. What's the area that's got, you know, in your sort of radar screen most prominently? Yeah. So we have been researching a lot, several digital asset management tools. So I do think that's, that's something probably on the horizon for us. It, it wasn't something we could fit in this year with the timing of everything and, and interrupting yeah. kind of our, our seasonality, but, but going into next year, We've done quite a bit of research around that, and I think that's that's definitely one thing. Um, another thing we're looking a lot at is like tools for reviews and workflows. So the reviews of documents and things, and and yeah. getting that out of email um, or certain. But th there's really turnkey things out there today that um, we're we're anxious to add to our kind of our our tool and technology um, um, library, for lack of a better term. Yeah. 
No question. You know, both DAM and workflow, I think at your, where you guys are at now with a team of more than a dozen, uh, force multiplying those folks with those productivity tools will have huge impact, I'm sure. And then last question, and this is one, it's a little bit selfish, but I'm asking or trying to, um, the team is guiding me to ask the same question of everybody so that we can sort of put together a montage. So we think of it as a lightning round. Take your time with it, though. Um, so, you guys are, you know, facing massive competition or competition from very, very large companies with very well-established brands. And while you guys have a, an established brand, you're always a little bit, you know, punching above your weight. So I want to ask you this question, especially given your the local aspect to your business. How do you... Um, defend the brand and its consistency and its integrity when there's so many different tactical needs coming to you every day, those screamer projects and, and other things beside. How do you blend those and balance those two priorities? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind right away is close collaboration. So both within our team, but in all, with all the departments that we work with, there has to be collaboration and working together there to, to keep everything in sync. Um, and I think along with that communication and feedback when, you know, things are beautifully represented and done acknowledging that or, or when it's not acknowledging that too and explaining why and making the tweaks that, that you need to. And then I think I'd say as kind of a, a discipline aspect of that, having clear brand guidelines that, all team members are trained and, and well versed in, um, but also within within your company, making sure everyone understands those and, and what they mean. That's awesome. So brand guidelines, you know, when, when we are setting up a dam, we often find the brand guidelines is the first document we, we insert into a into a digital asset management sure. system. And then as time goes by, it becomes something that isn't even being, you know, looked at enough. And so finding a way not just to store it somewhere uh, simple and easy to access, but getting folks to pay attention to the fact that it's there is a challenge that I think goes on every single day. So, Melanie, let me say thank you for spending some time with us. This was really helpful. Uh, and guys, uh, join us for the next episode of the Creative Operations Podcast 2.0. We'll be back with you very soon. 